0: You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is uh, Father James Shaw, and I'm going to continue with the discussion of Alan Bloom, uh, Shakespeare's Politics. So, at the end of the introduction to Shakespeare's politics, we read the following passage on page 12. A free man and a good citizen must have a natural harmony between his passions and his knowledge. And this is what it means by a man of taste, and it is he whom we today seem unable to form. We are aware that a political science which does not grasp the moral phenomena is crude and that an art, uninspired by the passions for justice, is trivial. Shakespeare wrote before the separation of these things, We sense that he has both intellectual clarity and vigorous passions and that the two do not undermine each other in him. If we live with him a while, perhaps we can recapture the fullness of life and rediscover the way to its lost unity. We saw something of this in the previous discussion. The basic theme is that intelligence and passions are related to each other and reinforce each other in a right order. Now, that passage is rather a good reflection of what Aristotle was about in The Ethics, the book we read. The rule of the passions, not their destruction or exaggeration. Simon had a A subsection called freedom from the self, by which he meant essentially the inner freedom to be virtuous and to recognize the good. What prevents the recognition of the good, Aristotle says, is our own internal disorder, our placing our end in things that do not allow us to see the real end. Bloom notes that there is a wholeness to be recovered. We already have the first principles within, within us and use them all the time, but we also need to reflect on them. A thing that cannot be, uh, be and, uh, so the principle of a thing cannot be and not be at the same time, in the same manner. Do good and avoid evil in all you do. Praise and blame, uh, uh, what is um, uh, praise and blame, what are to be praised and blamed, because of their status in reality, not in our imagination. The word taste, obviously, comes from eating, but it has a more sophisticated meaning the person of good taste. This is not merely the virtuous person, but the person of good manners, the person who knows good things as such in all their their, uh, uh, fields, including dining. Uh, Sometime when you have nothing else to do, go to Google and type in Oxford manners, Deneen, D-E-N-E-E-N. There will come up an essay, a wonderful essay, on manners. The issue has to do with things beyond the minimum. Things like nobility, elegance, taste, style, and the propriety, and propriety still have a legitimate meaning. These are the things that really distinguish a differing polities, and ways of life. The two uh, Venice plays of Shakespeare are followed by by Roman and English tragedies by Julius Caesar and King Lear. So you have The Merchant of Venice and Othello, which take place in Venice, and then you have Julius Caesar in Rome and King Lear in England. The latter is often considered Shakespeare's greatest tragedy. Bloom has remarked that, quote, Shakespeare appears to tell us that it is not good to introduce influences that are too foreign regardless of the guise in which uh, they may come. And the benevolence of foreign influences uh, is always ambiguous, he says on page 58. Modern democratic ideology assumes that all human beings are automatically citizens of whatever country they live in. All have equal, quote, rights, unquote, and therefore they do not need to become anything else than what they are. Issues like language, culture, religion, and manners are reduced to indifference under the rubric of tolerance. All transcendent issues are modified. The sights are lowered uh, to the merely human, not like Bloom's remark about Shylock's famous speech about all all, uh, bleeding. In which it says that what we have in common is that we all bleed and not that we have the same ideas. Bloom begins the Caesar chapter in this way Julius Caesar, quote, it's on it's um, on page 75. Julius Caesar is the story of a man who became a god. Beyond his merely human achievements, the destruction of the republic, and the establishment of a universal monarchy, he was worshipped as a divinity, uh, as were many of those who inherited his name. His appearance ended forever the age of hero- heroes, On page 75. It is often considered that the Roman Empire was established because after Rome conquered the most of the known world, its republic, republican institutions, the Senate, the uh, uh, Tribunate, the Councils, uh, were not able to handle the vast scope of the new conquests. A new imperial bureaucracy was needed for this, uh, or at least for so reason. What Cicero had objected to was the destruction of the republic. The rule of citizens. This rule is still the format of Julius Caesar, a play in which Cicero plays a role. Behind this, however, is the similar example of Alexander the Great. In Plutarch's famous Lives of Noble Greeks and Romans, uh, where each important official office or person has a parallel one in the other city. Caesar is paired with Alexander the Great. In order to rule his conquest, Alexander had established the Oriental model, that is, in order to secure the orders uh, the office holder from assassination or harassment. He was divinized. This is what is uh, behind Bloom's title uh, for Caesar about the mortal god, though so there is a Roman nuance. And the fact is that both Alexander and Caesar were very dynamic and intelligent men, but changed their uh, worlds almost out of recognition. Most are familiar with, with the plot of Julius Caesar. Uh, So there's an account of it in Plutarch Lives. We deal, as in many of Shakespeare's tragedies, with real men and politics. Remember, Bloom says that when beholding a play, we are outside of ourselves. We are are, uh, involved inside the play. We see unfold before us the consequences of human choice, human greatness, and human depravity. There can be some question about who is the real hero in in Julius Caesar. In the most obvious sense, it is Julius Caesar, who never really became an emperor. The first was his relative... uh, The first emperor was his relative, Augustus Caesar, Octavian, because he was killed. But the word Caesar has become symbolic for the rule in general, for rule in general. In the New Testament, we read, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And remember that this passage is almost the first religious recognition that there are indeed Um, uh, things that belong to Caesar properly. This is where the great sense of the limits of uh, politics comes in, on whether there is anything higher than the civil community. Bloom makes the point that this play reveals protagonists who have philosophical opposition Page 104. Caesar conceived of himself as a god, Blum says, on page 90. Unlike mortals, his will is not determined by reason. His will is sufficient reason itself. The end of the quote, page 90. This sufficiency of will is what we mean by voluntarism. That is to say that the will is what decides things and not reason. Uh, we saw it in that Roman law that Aquinas used as the principal uh, authoritative argument against the idea that law is an ordinance of reason. The Roman law says, whatever pleases the prince is the law, at the end of the quote. There are no rational grounds to disobey it or disagree. This same voluntarist uh, principle can be uh, democratic also. That is, it is what the people will that is the law, and not whether it is right or not. The killing of Caesar, as you remember in the theater by Brutus, is a... Uh, most moving. The famous last words of Caesar to his friend at Tubrule uh, bring the classic issue of friendship into the heart of this scene. Aristotle is right there also. How does Bloom see the effects of the killing of Caesar? Can one compare the killing of the uh, unarmed prophet in Machiavelli with the killing of Caesar? But in reality, the uh, conspirators have made uh, him, Caesar, into a god, Bloom says. They have saved him from the errors of humanity and his weakness they they by killing him and made him famous the position he had created uh, he had created uh, was too great to be filled by a man even caesar but caesar's spirit once released from the body ranged over wide the wide world the conspirators Uh, prevented Caesar from making the final error of allowing himself to be called a king. Instead, they made it possible for kings to be honored uh, and to be called Caesar. That's not a compliment. That is a very penetrating uh, comment by Bloom. The implication is that Caesarism, Caesarism, is now a major temptation of political rulers, whether they be kings or presidents. But in a sense, our sympathies are not with Caesar, but with Brutus. He is pictured as a real noble gentleman. He seeks to save the Republic from Caesar, and the only way to do it is to get rid of Caesar, he thinks. Again, modern democracy was set up to get rid of Caesars. So why was not Brutus a hero? Recall what Bloom uh, said about Shakespeare's insight into human nature. Is this not a classical case of tyrannicide? And as Bloom continues, he says on page 105, men in foreign lands very noble statement about brutus men in foreign lands and with foreign tongues have looked to rome and to the defenders of its liberty against caesarism for inspiration in the establishment of regimes which respect human nature and encourage a proud independence shakespeare the teacher of the Anglo-Saxon world was such a man. He saw that the times were against Brutus and Cassius, but their cause was right. New times and new energies might uh, resurrect what is best in ancient Rome. Brutus and Cassius were good men and types which any public should be should boast of producing. The next time, however, they would need a mind comparable to that of Julius Caesar to teach them and to lead them. At the end of the quote. What does Bloom mean by foreign lands and foreign tongues? Are there regimes that respect human nature? Is this An aspect of the question about what is the best regime? In Harry Jaffa's discussion of King Lear, notice how Lincoln comes into the discussion. This is one English play that is not based on a real king. Lear is an imaginary king. And why is this significant? How does the conflict in Lear uh, relate to the conflict in The Merchant of Venice? We have here the remembrance that for Aristotle, the best form of rule is a monarchy. It is the rule of one good man over the other good men. Remember that all tragedy is built on the downfall of a good and noble man but not a perfect hero notice likewise the subtitle of this uh, chapter namely the title of the uh of the shawl book uh we read uh, uh we read after locks about the limits of political society god is unlimited So anything with limits is not divine. And Lear is not a pagan like Caesar. He is a Christian and a good man. He is a good father of three daughters, two of whom are rather witches. The central problem of all political institutions is how to pass them down to the next generation. There is a difference between changing regimes and passing them down and passing down the same regime. Since he has no son, Lear has to decide to which daughters the main burden of rule will go. This is where the famous love test comes in. And this is why the plot of Lear and of The Merchant of Venice, uh, is similar. It takes some time to grasp just why this is Shakespeare's greatest tragedy. We are not dealing with a Richard II or an Iago. Behind this play, I suppose, is the question of whether there can be a Christian tragedy. The tragedy in the Greek sense had to do with the downfall to his own deeds of a good man. We look upon the drama of as it unfolds before us with awe and pity. We see the human condition, that the human condition includes such events that could happen to us. As he says on page 8, in order that Shakespeare may make us understand that the greatest action of the greatest king, it is necessary that he present us with an action that fails. That's on page 129. Why is this? Remember that Bloom said in the beginning of the book, quote, um, this is on page 8, a man is most what he is, as the result of what he does. A man is known not simply by his existence, but by the characters of his actions, liberal or greedy, courageous or cowardly, frank or sly, moderate or profligate. Quote. One's character is the complexus. Of virtue and vice that he has actually formed in his soul by his action. In the end, Bloom writes, quote, on page 138, I said before that according to Shakespeare, monarchy is the best form of governance. This may now be qualified by saying that it is the best in the theoretical sense and rather uh, that the understanding of monarchy as the indispensable condition of the understanding of political life is the condition of such actual perfection uh, as may fall our human company. The understanding of monarchy is the condition of understanding the true relation of the political to the human and of the human to the divine. Surely such knowledge was never more uh, 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 needful. Page 138. This is a remarkable statement. Read it also in the light of what Bloom calls, uh, calls Caesar, let us say, a mortal god. The knowledge that is most needful, evidently, is the difference between, uh, or uh, uh, the difference between or the interrelation of the human, the political, and the divine. With its passage in this passage in mind, go back and read the middle chapters of the book, of Book 10 of Aristotle's Ethics, his admonition to us. It is well to know the plot of Lear, and Aristotle says that do not listen to those who tell us to deal only with human things, and so that the plot of Lear deals more with his ultimate relationship through his daughters to the gods. And so we end there with our brief discussion of the Bloom book, uh, a very insightful book on the four four of the plays of Shakespeare that pertain to political philosophy. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.